You think I could like object and be like, can we have sex one more time? Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini. Hello, all of you beautiful, sexy fuckers of the queendom. Welcome back to Thy Queendom Come. I am your host, Lauren, and fucking welcome. Happy to have you here. So, last Friday, it's Tuesday right now. It is fucking Queendom Tuesday, and I am recording this (laughs) short little mini episode because what I originally had planned was last Friday, my girl Rachel and I went out in downtown Sacramento and we, (laughs) we had these challenges for each other. So for example, like her big challenge was that she had to get someone to trade pants with a very large, like bikini bottom, women's bikini bottoms. And so I had to like find someone to play tic-tac-toe on their back. We had this fantasy jar and people were putting in their fantasies and we did it live, right? So I, we got the mics out and people, it was fucking outrageous. It was so much fun. Um, but obviously there's a shit ton of audio editing and video editing. I live streamed it, um, on my Instagram, um, at wonderlustinglow, by the way follow the shit show there. Um, I put it on my Instagram up until it got like, until it got to like a point in the night when I was like, okay, (laughs) thou shall not post on Instagram whilst fucked up. So, but then the next morning, so this is what we're actually going to talk about because, you know, I've, I've been talking about a lot of heavy shit recently. Definitely like last episode, I'm a piece of shit. Like I want to give you guys some fucking antics and also just like a positive story um, an update actually about if you go back to episode, I think it's like four or something, um, oh, monogamy. I had a couple episodes about the guy that I started dating and, and we became monogamous. And then I ultimately ended it because I just felt that we wanted different things as far as, you know, he wants to be married and have kids and have that, that sort of life. And I'm just, that's just not who I am. So instead of blowing it up and being completely reckless, as I was in the last episode, hence I'm a piece of shit. I talked to him about it and we chose to shift. Anyways, I have an update about him. And (laughs) so Friday night, this shit happens, right? My brother's birthday was last week and my best friend, Seth, calls me and is like, yo, we're going to Joshua Tree this weekend we're going to do shrooms. We are going to have this beautiful experience in this fucking Joshua Tree desert house. And I was like, dude, I can't go. I literally was in LA a week and a half ago and I have to go back on Wednesday night to catch a flight to fucking Memphis to see some family. Um, I was like, I can't go to Joshua Tree and come back to like, it just doesn't make sense. And so he was like, I'll use my fucking points to get you a ticket. And it's like, damn, you know, uh, if I was like out time and money, it's like, man, I can't like, I can't justify it. I've got so much shit to do, but like, you can't turn down a fucking ticket, especially paid by points. Let's go. So last minute I fucking decided to go to Joshua Tree to surprise my brother for his birthday, but I had to be back here by Tuesday. And so 
Friday night, we go out. I have not packed. <laughs> I'm always a last minute person in general. I, th- I feel like I thrive under pressure. And Saturday morning comes around. <laughs> and guys, my flight was at 1140. And at like 1030 something, I'm waking up and my eyes are just like glued the fuck shut. Not with like gunk or anything, but they just wouldn't open. They were, it was as if I used to have contacts and it was as if there was a torn contact in both of my eyes and it was just burning like the fire of fucking 10 suns, which I later found out. Um, one of the characters in this story is an eye surgeon and he's like, yeah, bitch, that's what happens when you're so dehydrated. I was like, that makes fucking sense. That makes perfect sense. So by the time I'm able to actually open my eyes and look at the phone, it's like fucking 1035. My best friend's been calling me. My girl Jen's been calling me. Now my mom is calling me. They're like, where the fuck are you? Get the fuck up. So I'm like, I get up and I'm just throwing shit into a bag. I mean, I had fucking fishnets in my bag. Like I didn't take, I had no idea what I was packing. I was just throwing it in there, running out of the house. I'm like grabbing this to-go thing of orzo pasta on my way out. Um, my boy Skip is fucking taking me to the airport and the orzo like blows up in the fucking car. Like it literally, like I dropped it. Now there's orzo pasta everywhere. I found some like hours later in my fucking hair. And so I get to the airport and... <laughs> I get up to the gate and mind you, I was still like super hungover and kind of in that almost still fucked up phase. <laughs> and also my eyes had that morning had been just fucked. So I already looked a fucking mess, like a mess. And so I get up there and the woman, I'm like in a hurry and the woman looks at me and she's like, which flight are you on? And I was like, LA. And she's like, oh no, it's too late. And I just, I'm like, oh no, I have to get on this plane. I have to get on this plane. And it's only me standing there next to this, um, I think he's Persian, like a Persian guy. And I was like, oh no, I'm getting on that plane. And I'm like, kind of like starting to tear up and I'm like kind of talking to him, but also to myself. And I'm just like, I will get on this plane. I will burn this airport down. And this Persian guy looks to me and he's like, yeah, see, man, I can't say shit like that. And I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, first of all, that's fucking true, man. That's fucking privilege. I mean, it's kind of fucked. Um, that's just a whole other side conversation. Like, that's just something I don't have to fucking think about. It's nuts. Like, that's literally fucking privilege. Um, anyways, so I get to the fucking counter and she's like, yeah, check-in's done. And it was literally two minutes past. Like it was so close. And so immediately the waterworks and they were real. I didn't have to conjure them up. I was just in this very vulnerable space. And also like my best friend is like counting on me to fucking be there. It's my brother. I'm like a total fucking asshole, right? Like gets me this ticket so the water works, they start coming and I'm like, oh no, I have to, you know, I have to make this fight. I have to make this fight. And so she's like, you know what? I am going to give you a pass for the Phoenix flight. You'll get to Phoenix and then to LA. Um, that'll at least get you through security. And then maybe they can do something for you at the gate. So I'm like, oh God, thank you. Like bless this woman. So I'm fucking hauling ass to security. And I am like, once I get there, there's a long ass line. And I'm just like, at this point, 
in tears, but like, not like ferocious tears, but just like enough, you know, and they were real guys. Like they were definitely real. Like this was, it's, this was like, it wasn't even acting because I really did want to get there. Right. It really was important that I arrived. I just, you know, the, the way that I looked <laughs> probably would have suggested that it was a much more serious matter, but I never had to lie. So I'm like pushing my way through the security line. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And people are being really fucking nice about it, actually. So I get through security. I'm taking off my fucking shoes. My shoe gets stuck in the fucking conveyor belt thing. And then they are, they go to check my bag because apparently there was, you know, whatever. So it's, she's like, can I get a bag check? And I'm just like sitting there crying, like, let's go, let's go. And my bag just like sat there for fucking, you know, it felt like forever, but it was probably not that long. And the guy sees me just all disheveled mess and he just opens up the front compartment and then kind of shuts it again. Again, fucking privilege. Like what? (laughs) I mean, God bless you, man. But at the same time, um, so, and then I'm just like running to the gate. I get to the gate and my seat has been given away because check-in is done and they haven't boarded yet. The plane hadn't even gotten there but check-in was done and my seat had been given away. So as soon as she told me that, I literally started kind of hyperventilating, like breathing short and shaking and sweating. And I had the mask on and I'm like crying at this point and I'm like all red. And I mean, it, again, I never said I need to get anywhere or anything bad happened. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of was prepared to, but I didn't. So, guys, no shit. There were like a couple of people, like three or four people who came up and offered their seat to my dumbass. Like, seriously, fucking, I am an asshole, but people are good. And I'd like to think I make up for this in other ways. I really would. But it was such a, a beautiful moment of being like... I can, she can have my seat. I can wait. I'm just like, what? Anyways, the woman is like, just give me one minute. Like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. So I like kind of go over to the window at this point, literally everyone in this entire terminal knows who the fuck I am. I mean, it's just, I got eyes on me. So I call my friend Seth and I mean, I am very worked up. I mean, it's not, it's not really acting, you know, it's like method acting. It was like, I, it was the feeling. And then the feeling just kind of manifested itself. And I'm just kind of on the phone and he is like, it's going to be fine. You're, it's going to all be fine. I later found out he was like, I 1000% did not believe you were getting on that fucking plane. I just kind of had to tell you that, right? Which like, <laughs> thanks. I'm like pacing. I'm talking on the phone. I am trying to fucking cool myself down because I'm just like sweating ball sack. And eventually they call my name. And not only did I get on the fucking plane, but I got on the fucking plane in the emergency <laughs> exit row. <laughs> next to like the three like pilot flight staff (laughs) I'm like what but then I felt bad because I'm obviously so excited that I'm on this fucking flight but I have to kind of keep up appearances I mean I can't all of a sudden be fucking jolly joy right like so I'm kind of just you know mellow chilling to myself and I had this older sweet man who kept checking on me you know he's like it's gonna be okay (laughs) 
And guys, I was just so fucking terrified that someone was going to ask me what what's going on. And I, I, I don't know how I would have responded, but I'm just glad it didn't happen. And so my thoughts from there, like, you know, when I did get off the plane and, and I arrived, and first of all, I was very grateful for the wonderful, beautiful staff at American Airlines. Like, you guys are the fucking titties, you know. I haven't always had the best perspective, but the staff, man, was just so amazing to me. And the people were so kind. And I do feel like I kind of felt bad, but also like I never lied. I never put like lying energy out into the universe. So I was kind of convinced that the trip was almost going to be blessed because I know that there are people in that airport and on that plane who are sending me their thoughts and prayers and vibes. I could feel it. I could feel it. Now, it might have been a little misleading, but again, I didn't lie. And I mean, the emotions, they weren't crocodile tears. I really was very upset with myself. And I really was like, I'm going for literally 30 something hours. I don't have time to spare. I'm trying to surprise my brother and do shrooms in the desert. Fucking reach next level consciousness. Like, let's fucking go. So I arrived in LA (laughs) And Kombucha, who you guys know from Omenogamy, bless his sweet soul, picks me up and he comes with us. So him and I drive out to fucking Joshua Tree and it's always just so fucking nice to see him. Guys, like this man is such a beautiful human being and we get along so well and we have so much to talk about and we know each other so well like he he oftentimes he oftentimes contrasts what i say he will conflict what i say he will he will oppose what i say and it like i want to get pissed but then his points are so good and they're so arti- they're articulated so well that i just I learned so much from our conversations and I I really value his perspective and he just, he knows how to press my fucking buttons. It's like he knows how to get to me. (laughs) So we end up in Joshua Tree. The first night we're there, there are these two girls that I don't really know and they end up, they ask how we know each other, how we met. And, you know, we said we met on Bumble almost a year ago, but then, you know, me, I'm just like, this is my ex. (laughs) And they were like, wait, what? And they just were like, like, what? Because we do when we're together, it's, it is like we're a couple. It's, we fall back into being us and it's not trying to do anything. It's not with this expectation of, oh, are you going to get back? Are we going to get back together? No, it's just, we fucking love each other so much and connect and value each other so much and have such a strong uh, physical and mental, emotional connection and it just got me thinking about how rare that is these two new girls who I don't really know who are seeing us objectively it's like this is different like this is not what normally happens and you know they asked why and it really boils down to and I think I think kombucha said it perfectly like the one way like the one way that our relationship doesn't work is the one thing that will keep us apart. He wants marriage. He wants monogamy. He wants long-term partnership. We were talking yesterday. He wants to come home to someone every day and have that person. He wants his person. 
And guys, honestly, he helped me realize that this is who I am because when I'm with him, I'd never want to leave him. Like I want to be around him. I love everything about our relationship. I love the conversation. I love his touch. I love our sex. I love, uh, I love his humor. I love his brain. I mean, I love it all. And I, and I, and I miss him anytime we are apart. And I say this to say, you know, when I was with him, I felt the same way when we were together. You know, it's not like it's romanticized now. That's how I felt back then. If anything, it's only grown. But that's when I realized, you know, in the past, I've, I've at least to some point been able to identify why I don't want to be in a relationship with a certain person or why this relationship isn't working for me. And it was this relationship where I was like, damn, like this is actually so perfect. And I'm still feeling caged. I'm still feeling trapped. So I realized that it is just a part of me, at least for now. I don't, you know, want to speak in absolutes, but at least for now, this is who I am. And it's not even about being able to go out and fuck whoever I want and, and or flirt or whatever, which I mean, that sure, that's part of it. Like I want to be able to go out and be flirtatious and, and do all that without breaking any commitment. But it's also just when you're in a, a relationship like that, when you're in a unit, you are a unit, you make decisions together, you move together, you, you, you know, at least traditionally, right, you move together, you operate as a team. And I'm just, I'm just not ready to be a team. I don't, and I don't know, maybe I'm fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I would like to believe that I've certainly kind of explored this enough to know that I don't think it is necessarily fucked up. I don't think it has to be fucked up. Society would tell me it probably is, but I don't think it is, you know, and if that changes, then great. And if it doesn't, then I'm, I enjoy the way that I, I am when I allow myself to be that way, when I allow myself to be honest with what I want and experience just that and do what I want, what I want. I mean, something that does come up in my relationships is like, I don't want to have to consult you. <laughs> I don't want to have to tell you what I'm doing, when I'm doing, who I'm doing it with. That makes me feel parented. <laughs> I mean, in a way. And I get, and that's what, that's what relationship takes. It takes that kind of communication. And obviously you get in a relationship, obviously it doesn't have to be controlling, right? You can do whatever the fuck you want in a healthy relationship. Sure. But even just the consideration, I don't want, I don't want to have to consider someone else at this, at this point in my life. I consider a lot of people in a lot of ways, but I mean, when you are in a traditional monogamous long-term partnership, if that consideration isn't there, it's probably a fucking shit relationship. And I don't want to be in a shit relationship, but I also don't want to be a part of that team right now, you know? And I'm blessed because I'm surrounded by, I have so many good relationships in my life right now. And I think that's a part of it. If I look back, I think the moments that I did want that committed partner, that's someone that I'm always with, like, I don't know. And this is just me speaking. I don't, if I look back on it, I don't know if I really had the community of relationships that I do now that fulfill me and that inspire me and encourage me to do my thing, to 
be independent and I have so many people to call on and lean on and I'm blessed for that. And so having somebody be that like other half, which I don't really even believe in that concept anyways, but just having that, it's just, it's not me. It's not me today. It might be me tomorrow, but it's not me today. And in the past, if you look at last episode, I knew that deep down, but I thought it was wrong. I thought it was wrong. I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I was trying to change it in my mind. I was thinking in black or white and, and then ultimately I just end up blowing it up and it ends up where there's no relationship at all with kombucha. It's fucking hard, man. Like we're to the point now where we do, we talk about other relationships in our lives. He is much more um, hesitant to hear about what's going on in my life as far as like details. He knows what happens. He knows what's go- what goes on, but he doesn't really want to hear the details. Me, on the other hand, I'm fucking hella curious. <laughs> I like to know what's going on. Like I like to know what's happening in his life, even romantically. And it fucking sucks. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. I don't like to think about him with someone else. But at the same time, it's like I'm getting to know him in a way that I would have never been able to know him if we were in a monogamous partnership. I get to see how he interacts with with different women. And yeah, it sucks. It hurts. But I know that our connection is ours It is fucking beautiful. We have helped each other so much in so many different ways. And I'm not threatened to lose that. I'm not threatened that anything can necessarily replace that. But I know that eventually one day he is going to get a girlfriend and he is going to get married. And whoever that girl is, is she has no idea how fucking lucky she is. She has no idea. And I know that he will be such an incredible husband and he'll be such an incredible father. And I know that that one day will come. And, you know, we, we talked about this yesterday. It's like, fuck, you know, he's, he's kind of fucking around right now being a little bit of a fuck boy. (laughs) He's got some fuck boy tendencies. And I, you know, I, some of the shit that I hear about these days, I'm like, I never, you never did that to me. Like I never heard about, like, this is not a side of you that I know. Um, and it's just, our relationship is, it's different. It is fucking different from the beginning to to now. It's, it's unique. And, but at the same time, it's like, part of me is like, yeah, just keep fuck boying around, you know, and that way I can still experience you in this way when we come together. And I don't want to lose that. I really don't. I love the fact that we can come together and it's like, it's crazy. It's like, we fall into this healthy fucking, it's like, we're a couple, we fall right back into it. I know people just look at us and they're like, what? It doesn't make sense. And I don't want to lose that. But at the same time, like, I fucking love him so much. And I want him to be happy. I want him to have his dreams come true. I want him to live his truth and feel loved and to love. And I want to sit at his fucking wedding one day. And I just have like a really fucked up thought. I'm like, you think I could like object and be like, can we have sex one more time? <laughs> How fucked would that be? 
No, but I mean, I also like, I hope my fucking desire, I hope and I pray that he one day attracts a woman who is so confident in their relationship and so secure in him and that he is in her and them as well, that we will be able to shift. And that is going to be, I mean, that's going to be huge, right? Like that's, yeah. I mean, I thinking about that shift, but it's like, and most people, most people would never be okay with their partner having any type of relationship with somebody so special from their past. But for me, it's like, I don't know why. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I fucking love him. I love him. I want the absolute best for him. And it's not long-term. It's not me. And he loves me and he wants the best for me. And when it gets to the point that he wants to be in a committed, married relationship, I can respect that. might not be easy. I'll respect that. And fuck, I want to know her too. Because if she loves you, then I fucking love her. Like, I know it's not going to be easy. It'll be hard. And I I hope that he does eventually attract a, a woman who will be okay with us having some type of relationship who is secure enough that we can have at least some type of string that remains connected. It probably won't look like sleepovers and trips to Joshua Tree together, but at least we can be in each other's lives. That's what I truly want. And I'm willing to embrace the unpleasant feelings in order to to have him there but on the same coin if it gets to a point where it's not good for him if it's not making him happy if our connection is causing too much pain too much hurt too much shit in his life then I can't be selfish because I've done this in the past where it's like I can see that this relationship that I love so much and I don't want to lose I can see that it's it's either causing or it's going to cause you pain and I have in the past been selfish and I've stayed because of it felt good to me but I can't do that it's not right right so if that if one day that happens and that is what is best for him if that's what makes him happy I I will oblige and I'll I'm, I'll face that too and I'm willing to come up against that as well because our relationship and our bond and what we've learned through each other it's all just it's so worth the risk you know you know I talked about being addicted to climax a couple weeks ago about just needing that that dopamine rush that um that next big big thing right and it happens in relationships where there's these expectations of, so for kombucha and I right now, it's like, oh, are we going to get back together? Or what does this mean? We have this beautiful weekend together and, and what does it all mean? Him and I, even though it was hard for him too, like I'm the first girl that he has dated and broken up with who is still in his life because this isn't how he typically did things either. And in the beginning, it was, it was hard, you know, we would see each other and then we would leave and we would, when we're together, it's like this magnetic energy. And then when we leave, it hurt because it's like, fuck. But now as we've kind of grown, there is this beautiful thing where it's so experiential with him. It's just, we come together and there's no intended outcome. There's no, there's no goal that we're trying to reach. There's no... Uh, we're trying to make this work. We just, we come together 
and we experience each other and learn from each other and have such an incredible time. And, you know, we've been at this almost a year and we've known each other and we're learning each other's bodies. And so we feel safer to explore with each other. And, and it's so fucking beautiful because it's just, we're present you know, I was in Joshua Tree this weekend and we did shrooms and I didn't look at my phone all fucking weekend. It was just, I was there. <laughs> I was fucking there. I literally bonded with a roadrunner who we named Nathan and this fucking roadrunner, I'm going to put the video on my Instagram. This fucking roadrunner ran right up to me and just like stared into my eyes and to my soul. We walked around in the desert and it was so blistering fucking hot and we're just completely alone. And I, first of all, I have a whole new appreciation for the fucking desert now, guys. Like, obviously I'm a little shroomy, right? And I don't never wear shoes, never wear clothes really. And we're walking to just kind of like explore and we kind of cut off the path and we go like into the gnarly fucking desert, like the actual desert. And it's like, you'd think this shit from far away doesn't look like much. And of course, like from Google maps or fucking above, it just looks like a bunch of nothingness, but there is so much crazy shit. Like there's these different types of aggressive desert plants. If I do say so myself, like, I don't know how these shits fucking live in these conditions. And somebody, I mean, we were just laughing like, man, like it's it, the stress of these plants are fucking manifested in the way that they look. Like if you've never been to Joshua tree and just like, checked out the fucking uh, the fucking habitat you're missing out and obviously like everyone goes to joshua tree to do fucking psychedelics or you know shrooms or to have this like beautiful kind of experience in nature and that's what it does i mean it's fucking vast it just the the background looks painted and you're just with your friends having a good old time. And here I am with kombucha. We're having this experience together. We're fucking cracking up. And yeah, I'm fucking grateful that that still gets to exist in our relationship. And plus it was just so much fucking fun. It was just fun. Disconnecting, going away, making a spontaneous last minute decision, fucking having a meltdown at the airport, seeing kombucha and having this beautiful weekend where again, we just grew even, even more, I think personally and together where we're just, we talk about the things we talk about our feelings. We talk about what's going on in our lives and in our heads and and we're surrounded by by friends. And this fun fact, this is actually when he met my brother. And on our way back, we stopped at my house and he met my mom too. Funny, funny story. <laughs> my mom like obviously knows who he is. And like they've, they've texted. He texted her happy birthday and he get, he's given her some plants that I brought up to her and she's texted him about those. But when he walked in the house yesterday, I went upstairs to put my swimsuit on and she comes following after me and she's like, oh my gosh, he's cute. <laughs> I was like, I know, mom. I know. I know. And she's like, I, he had his sunglasses on. She's like, I haven't seen his eyes, but those lips. And I was like, mom, I know. Fuck, I know. And she dead ass, she's like, that's baby making material right there. And I'm like, mom, stop. You're making me depressed. <laughs> 
And I was like, I know. He has such beautiful eyes and honestly, like, the most perfect ass on a man I've ever seen. Like, yes, um, I know, mom. <laughs> I'm like, we love each other so much. He's perfect, but here we are. So, <laughs> to wrap this story up, then back to my fucking antics. My flight was out of LAX back to Sacramento last night, which was Monday night at 9.55. Now, kombucha has always given me shit about how I disrespect airports, about how I'd like get there fucking so late and I like walk on at the last minute. He, <laughs> he's very, he's fucking, he's a fucking tourist. He's like very earth grounded, very logical, like very like organized. And here I am just like floating all over the place. Um, so I get to the airport guys, two fucking hours early, two hours early. Right. And I was like, this feels good. I mean, after that whole fiasco, I'm going to go have a beer. So I go, I find my gate 52 what I thought was my gate. It's 52A. I see 52. I see 54HJ, all this shit. So I'm like, okay, 52, 52A is here somewhere. So I go have a beer and then I have another one. I'm sitting there just getting shit done, shooting the shit. And right around the time of boarding, which is when I would typically walk right on, you know, I'm not standing in no line to board. Like it's dumb. Like we're going to be sitting for however many hours. I'm trying to get on last. I'm trying to sit and I'm trying to fly. That's it. So I mosey on over there and I go through the gate that says 52 and it's not the gate. It's a fucking staircase that leads to a fucking bus. So I get on this fucking bus. I'm like one of the only ones on there and we're just sitting there waiting for it to fill up. At this point, it's 941. Gate closes, like boarding closes 15 minutes prior, right? My flight's at 955. So I'm like, oh shit. Well, maybe this whole bus is just going to this flight. Maybe it's like this is fine. They're not going to leave me, right? I'm on the fucking bus. I might as well be on the plane. I'm right here. So then we eventually take off. I mean, the fucking bus takes off and then he stops again. He stops again for no fucking reason. I mean, I guess there was a reason there was like planes and shit and like other buses, <laughs> but we're just sitting there. By the time I get to the gate, it's like 948 and I go up and she's like, oh no, sis, it's <laughs> it's gone. It's done. I'm like, fuck. And there's also other people behind me who also miss the fucking flight because I'm not a dumbass. I mean, I kind of am sometimes dumb bitch, but like, no, I mean, this is like, uh, where was the signage? Where was the fucking signage? So she's telling me the next flight to fucking SAC is 830 in the morning, gets here at 10. I'm like, dude, I have things I have to do tomorrow. So right around that time, San Francisco flight was uh, boarding next to me. And I was like, okay, can I get, can I go to San Fran? I think I can convince my friend to pick me up there. <laughs> so uh, they're boarding the plane. It looks promising. And then they start deplaning because there's a fucking issue with the plane. So I wait a few more minutes and then I am the very last person that makes it off of the wait list onto the plane. And what do you know? I got the emergency exit row a fucking again, people. Again. And the thing is, is I literally, like, I sit in the airplane chairs, like, with my fucking legs, like, all balled up and shit. I don't need the emergency exit row. But that's just what happened. So then I ended up back in San Francisco, had a nice night drive back to SAC. Thank you, Skip, for the ride. You're the fucking man. And now I'm fucking here. So... <laughs> This actually ended up being longer than I thought it was going to be, but 
there it is. There's my fucking weekend and also just fucking gratitude for honestly this work that I've kind of been doing to shift my fucking perspective. I guess we're not done. (laughs) One more note. Once kombucha and I broke up, I was like, I'm never going to be able to be in a monogamous long-term relationship. And then, you know, I I fucking swung to the other side and I'm like, I'm just going to be fucking on my own forever. But what I'm realizing is that there are just so many different ways to do it. There are so many different ways to set it up. There are so many different ways to be together, to relate, to have intimate relationships and, and even intimate partners and life partners. And I'm honestly just kind of, I'm excited. Like I'm excited to continue learning. I'm excited to continue shifting and growing and connecting with people and fostering healthy fucking relationships, having these conversations that ultimately make me feel more fulfilled and more like me, the me that I actually want to be. Um, wow, that rhymed. <laughs> the me I want to be slash a bitch who like has a fucking meltdown in the airport. Um, if anybody ever from that flight or American Airlines or that plane or that airport listens to this, I am very sorry if you feel deceived. I really was in a hurry. Just probably not for the reasons that you thought I was in a hurry. But I would say (laughs) you made all of our weekends. (laughs) I felt your thoughts and prayers (laughs) and your good energy. I fucking felt it. You restored my faith in humanity. And I am sorry if you feel misled, but you are the fucking tits. Um, And I am going to try to do better with the whole airport situation and respect it more these days because that stress was just too much. So that's that. Thank you guys so much. So glad you are here. And next week, I am hoping I can figure out how to get this audio shit under control so that I can give you guys the fucking Friday night extravaganza that was Rachel and I in downtown Sacramento. So with that, I love you guys. Thank you guys for still fucking being here. I think this is episode 20. And also, this is the six-month anniversary of me starting this fucking shit. And also, my OnlyFans. And it has been a fucking journey and a half. I have so much exciting stuff in the works coming up. And yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. I love you. I will see you next week. (laughs) 